Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Well, today we are in a message called The Faith to Forgive, and it's episode number two. Now, this is going to be a difficult message for some of us. For most of us, in fact, it's going to be a difficult message for me to deliver as well because it challenges us. And, you know, where there's challenge, it brings us to this place where we have to change because challenge forces us to change. And for most of us, we want to be challenged to change, to become better people, to be better in our lives, to live better, to love better and generally to be better Christ followers. And that's a good thing. And so the challenge here is this, you know, it's a heavy message. And so it's difficult to talk about because it's always going to be heavy on our hearts. But I always believe on the other side of difficult is often where we find it's the best. On the other side of difficult, we often find the best. And so let's kick this off with just reading some of the words that Jesus talked about to put us into this message. And it comes to us from Luke chapter 17. And this is what Jesus says, and he's speaking specifically to his disciples in this particular context. But by extension, as Christ follows, we also come into that wider circle. So this is what Jesus says in Luke chapter 17. Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, so watch yourself. And this is exactly the truth, isn't it? You know, this is a certainty. And this is what he said to his disciples in another version. He says, it is impossible that no offenses should come. People are going to offend us. We cannot get away from that fact. That's the reality of life. What they say what they do, how they act, how they behave, sometimes offends us. And we can't escape through some sort of, you know, way out of that because we're always going to be in a position where the offense will come. We cannot avoid it. No matter what you do in life, you're going to be at some place, somewhere, that someone's going to say something or do something that's going to offend you. And so Jesus said, you know, there are things that are going to come that will cause people to stumble. It's bound to happen. And then he continues on and he says this, if your brother or your sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. So he's saying, you know, if a brother or sister hurts you, don't act like it didn't happen. Don't try to sweep it under the carpet. Don't pretend it didn't happen. Don't act like, you know, everything's okay and you can put a, put a big fake smile on your face and pretend you're okay. No, he says, you'd, you don't need to be stepped upon. You don't need to be constantly a doormat for everyone else's things in their life. You don't have to do that. You have to confront them. You have to offer them an opportunity to change their mind or ask for forgiveness or say sorry, whatever it is, and you have to confront them. It's not just being a doormat for everyone in your life. And he says, you know, that's the important thing. So when you do that, you give them an opportunity to come to this place of reconciliation. And because we are both brothers and sisters in Christ, we both follow Jesus. He's saying, we hope that we can come to this place of reconciliation. So correct them, confront them, 
challenge them, you're not a doormat. He doesn't say you just have to forgive and forget. That is not what he's saying. And he says then, if they repent, when you confront them, when you tell them what they did was wrong, how it hurt you, how it offended you, especially your brother and sister, when you do that, when they repent, then you forgive them. Then he continues, and it gets a little bit more difficult for here. And the amazing thing about Jesus is that he constantly challenges us to step into an area that forces us to change, change for the better. And so this is one of the difficult things that Jesus is doing. He's challenging them, and he's challenging us, because he says this in verse 4, Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. So here's the challenge. How many times can we keep forgiving the same person, the same offense, over, 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 and over again? I sound like a broken record because he's saying here, Seven times in a day, if they do the same thing, you need to forgive them if they come and ask for you. I did a bit of math, and that works up to to 2,555 offenses in a year. The same offense in a year. That's a bit much, right? I would say that's a bit much. Because oftentimes we go, you know, we can forgive one time. We We can stretch ourselves and we forgive a second time. But what if you do it the third time and the fourth time and the fifth time and the sixth time? How many more times am I expected to forgive you? Now Jesus is saying, well, he wants you to do it seven times in a day. And he is not just putting a quantity on that. He's saying as many times as they do it to you, even if it's in the same day, he's expecting you to forgive. And, and we kind of say, well, you've reached the limit. You know, you've kind of extended your grace You're trying my patience. My forgiveness is running out. How much more do you expect? But that's the challenge of Jesus, isn't it? He's saying to us, we have to keep on doing it. And that's why the disciples' response was, that's difficult to do, Jesus. So increase our faith. Increase our faith. And so the message is entitled, as I said before, the faith to forgive. And so that's our prayer. This because it's difficult, it's challenging, it's confronting to keep forgiving the same person, the same offense over and over. And that's why I said at the start that this is going to be challenging for most of us. It's heavy. It's a difficult thing to talk about because so many people have done so many things to us. So who betrayed you? Who lied about you? Who took advantage of you? Who mistreated you? You know, maybe it's a roommate in high school or or student in school that stole something from you. Maybe it's a kid when you were younger that bullied you and talked about you. Maybe a friend went around spreading rumors and gossips about you that were totally untrue. Maybe you had a boyfriend or girlfriend that lied to you and then went around and lied about you to other people. That's difficult. Maybe it's a father that you tried to please by doing everything and they just could not be bothered. 
and they didn't treat you the way that you should have been treated. They didn't love you the way you should have been loved. Maybe it's a friend who said they'd be in your corner, but when it came time to it, they left you feeling abandoned and alone. Maybe it's a spouse that you loved and you committed to, but they turned around and betrayed you by sleeping around or committing adultery with someone else, betraying your trust. Or maybe it's a good friend that you trusted and then took advantage of you and led you to a place of deep hurt and pain. You know, it's easy to talk about forgiveness when it's the small things that we can forgive little offenses. Someone stubbed your toe, that's easy to forgive. But what about the big things in life? What about the hurtful things? What about the things that caused us damage that really impacted our life so much that we went deep into depression, that we were hurt so badly that we didn't want to get out of our bed in the morning, that we didn't want to see that person or talk about that person or even hear their name because it stirred up a whole bunch of strife, anger and frustration with us. That's different from someone stubbing your toe, isn't it? And it's not a one-time thing. What if they did it over and over and over and over again to you? Should we still forgive them? Do we really need to forgive them? How much should we forgive them? How much do they deserve to be forgiven? All of these things are difficult. And it challenges us. And that's why the disciple says, increase our faith. And it's the same thing today. We need to increase our faith because I have no doubt that most of us have been hurt, betrayed, and let down. You know, on some level, I don't know the details of your life, but I know on some level, I understand because all of us have been through similar circumstances. Maybe not the same thing. Let me give you a couple of instances in my life where I felt really hurt and betrayed and I needed to forgive. We had a a friend, you know, a co-worker in the ministry who lived in a different country. And they approached us many years ago to say, you know, would you help support some of our students? They were a teacher in a Christian school. They were teaching and some of their students couldn't pay their fees. And they said, would you help support at least one student? And we were glad to do that, you know. And for years we would send them fees and send them money to help support them as they went through, you know, first, second and third year. And towards the end of their graduation... I got a message from one of the other teachers at the school saying, hey, you know, this student is, you know, talking to us and their school fees haven't been paid and they're about to graduate. They can't graduate because none of their fees have been paid. And he said that you said you would sponsor him, but he's never got any money. And we were shocked. We were appalled because we have been sending money every single month. And so we contacted the other person that we were sending the money to and they said, yeah, yeah, we gave it to them. And then the school got involved and said, did you send the money? And we had the receipts, you know, we had all the transfers because of a different country. And we sent all of these to the school. And that person who we sent the money to constantly denied that they gave it. And it was a big whole rigmarole in the school and was really hurtful. Because for years we've been sending money out of the belief that they had been giving this money to the student. But in fact, they'd been keeping it for themselves They spent it on themselves, and that student didn't get any of the money that we had sent for years. That was a difficult thing for us to take, especially because we believed we were doing it in faith, and that was another Christ follower who we trusted. That was a hurtful thing. 
And that happened, you know, a long time ago. Another time in, in my life, I had a friend, you know, and this happened years ago, and I'd gotten to a bit of a situation. I'd broken my leg, and therefore I couldn't go to work. And this is the time they actually gave out paychecks, you know, to you at the end of the week. And so my friend, who I trusted, I said, here's my paychecks, and here's my bank card. Um, would you mind going to the bank and depositing my paychecks into my account? That would be great because I can't travel, I can't drive, I can't go anywhere. And he said, sure, you know what? This was a friend that I trusted, we hung out with, we, we, we did things together, and we went to movies and had fun together and all these things. And so I trusted him. And so I gave him my bank card, bank card and my paycheck. And so and it was a few months later that I was able to recover and, you know, I... I contacted him and then he returned my bank card and I went into my account and looked into my account and I found out that there was actually no money on my, in my bank account. Not only were my paychecks cashed, but he had taken my bank card and withdrawn all of my money from my bank account. And that was another hurtful, damaging experience. This is someone that I trusted, that I gave over my PIN number and my bank card to, that had betrayed me and let me down. And, and it's gut-wrenching, isn't it? It's agonizing. It's painful because it does not seem right. It does not seem fair. But yet, God tells us directly to forgive. And this is the difficult thing as Christ follows because we want to do what God asks us to do. We want to follow Jesus and what he asks us to do. But sometimes we find it so challenging. And I'm going to give you three portions of Scripture where Jesus and the Gospels and the, and the Scriptures speak directly into what we're talking about. And so in Matthew 5.43, Jesus says this, You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. Now that's easy for us to do, right? We just love the people that love us and hate the people that don't like us. That's easy. And Jesus was talking to you know, those listeners at that time. And he's saying, you've heard it said. Who was he talking to? He was talking to the Jewish people around. And that was according to the law. It was fine, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You slap me on one face, I'm entitled to slap you. That was fine. And so Jesus says, you've heard this. This is how you live. This is according to your law. But I'm giving you something new. I'm bringing a new level. And this is what he says. You've heard it said that love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I, Jesus' command, Jesus' standard, he says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Well, we can say that is difficult. Or maybe we can say, yes, I'm going to pray. God, I'm praying that you punish that person, that they get an accident or something happens. Just saying, no, 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 no. That's not the prayer I'm talking about. Pray that they prosper. That's difficult. In Ephesians, Paul tells us this. He says in Ephesians 4.32, Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. He says, remember that you had done offenses to people, that you caused damage, you did things, you talked about people, you gossiped, you hurt people, but yet Christ forgave you. So he reminds us. And then in Matthew 6.14, Jesus says again, which is, so strong, these words are so challenging, it stops us right in our track because it's an affront to us sometimes. He says this in verse 14, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But 
if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Now, I want to be clear about this here. Jesus is not saying, let your motive for forgiving others be the fact that God forgives you. That's not your motive. That's not how you should be. That's not why you should do this thing. He's saying it's a reminder to us that you were forgiven. You were forgiven much. And therefore, you need to emulate your Father in heaven because he forgave you. We should also be like him and forgive others who have done unfair things, who have done hurtful things, who have done offensive things to us. God tells us over and over and over again that we need to forgive others. And he's not just saying this in some sort of superficial way. He's not saying, well, just do this and it'll everything be okay. No. He's saying, I want you to do it constantly and consistently. But we say, but don't you know, God, what happened to me? Don't you know what that person did to me? Don't you know how long they did it for me, to me? Don't you know how they did it over and over again? Why should I forgive them? Why can I? Don't, you, don't they deserve punishment? Don't they deserve something happened to them? And it's awful. It's horrible. It's unfair, God. It's not easy. Be fair. Do something about it. But yet he tells us to forgive. What does it mean to actually forgive? What is forgiveness? Well, to answer that question, let's just say this. What is forgiveness? By answering what is not forgiveness. And I'm going to give you two things for the sake of time. Two things what forgiveness is not. Number one, forgiveness is not forgetting. It isn't pretending that it didn't happen. It isn't saying, well, you know, I'm just going to put it out of my mind. I'm just going to clean my brain out of the information or the offense that came. I'm just going to totally wipe myself from that instance. It's not sweeping it under the rug. It's not saying that they did not do something wrong to you. It's not saying that I need to be a doormat. It's not allowing others to continue to take advantage of you, to continue to abuse you, to continue to heap on things into your life. It's not any of those things. And saying, well, I'm just going to smile and take it because I'm covered under the grace of God and everything's going to be okay. I'm going to put on a smile, put on a happy face and just like their posts on Instagram and Facebook, give them a big heart and no matter what they do, I'm just going to love them. That's not what it is. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not putting it out of your mind. Forgiveness, forgiving a betrayal doesn't mean that they have to continue to keep hurting you. Forgiveness does in fact mean that you can create boundaries. You can say you've hurt me and you know what? You've caused the damage of this relationship and therefore it's going to take time. It's going to take time to rebuild this. We need to rebuild the trust. There's consequences to what you've done. And so I'm willing to forgive, but we have to work together to build trust. It's not just forgetting what they did to you. Number two, forgiveness is not fair. And so often we want to be treated fairly, right? It's fair. God, why don't you be fair? Why don't you do something about this offense? Why don't you step in and do something to defend this? 
Fair means to strike back. Fair means that if you did something to me, then it's fine to me. As kids, we used to play this game. You, know, you punch me, I'll punch you. You slap me, I'm entitled to slap you back. You trip me, I'm going to trip you back. That's fair because what you did, I can do also. And so the natural expectation is that God should be fair. And it's not natural for a person who's been abused to forgive someone else. It's not natural for someone who has been put down constantly to turn around and say, well, you know what, it's okay, you can continue to do this. It's not natural for a husband or a wife who's been betrayed to say, that's okay, everything is fine. That's not natural. And so we often say, we want fair. We want fair, God. God, why don't you be fair? But see, the, this is important. God is not fair. He's just. And you say, but that doesn't sound right. Let me tell you this. We should be glad that God isn't fair because fairness means equal. And fairness means that I deserve what I get. Fairness means my sins deserve punishment. Fairness means that what I did deserves to be paid for. And so... I'm glad, and I hope you're glad, that God is actually not fair. He's a just God, but he's not a fair God. And it's so often, you know, we want to be treated fairly, but we don't want to treat other people fairly. So God treated us unfairly when he forgave us. God treated us unfairly when he cleansed us. God treated us unfairly from what he did for us, but we're not willing to extend that same fairness to some other people. It's easy for us to demand fairness for ourselves, but when God extends it to someone else, we're not so willing to accept that. God doesn't always treat everyone fairly because fairly means we get what we deserve. And see this, Psalms 103 verse 10. This is what the psalmist says. And I hope you understand this. He says this, he, speaking about God, does not treat us as our sins deserve. Because if he did, that would be fair, but he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. That is not fair, but yet we receive it. It's not fair that God removes our sins. It's not fair that he takes away our iniquities. It's not fair that we are completely cleansed because that is unfair, but yet God does it. And that's why I say we want God to be fair, but we're glad that he's not fair. So forgiveness is not forgetting about our sins. Forgiveness is not being fair. So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is giving others what God gave you. I'll repeat that. Forgiveness is giving others what God gave you. So what did Jesus give you? What did Jesus give us? He gave us grace. He gave us mercy. He gave us a second chance. He extended our life. He gave us all of these wonderful things that we did not deserve. I don't know who I'm talking today, but I know that all of us, have gotten a second chance. All of us have been forgiven for something. We have been forgiven so much. Lying, 
cheating, stealing, lusting, betraying, hurting, but all of these things that have done, we've done in our own lives to other people. God has forgiven us. He's forgiven us over and over again. And so forgiveness is giving others what God gave us. And that's the reality of the gospel. That's the hope that is in Jesus, that he gives us something we don't deserve, something that is unfair. God gave us hope. God gave us a second chance. God gave us redemption, even when we did not deserve it. And so John, the great disciple of Jesus in his epistle says this, if we confess our sins, he being God is faithful and just, and, for, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This is the great gospel of Jesus, isn't it? It's receiving forgiveness from God for things that we did not even deserve. And that's the beauty of the gospel. And here's the reality of the gospel. If we have received that, then shouldn't we share that with other people? Shouldn't we go out and proclaim that? Shouldn't we shout it from the rooftops? Shouldn't we do it as Jesus did it for us? And so the gospel isn't just receiving forgiveness, but giving forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't just flow to us. Forgiveness flows through us. As Christ followers, the gospel of grace, the gospel of goodness flows into our lives and it flows through us into those around us, even when they don't deserve it because God gave it to us when we did not deserve this. All of you have this experience. We've had this experience before. You know, you have a sink in your house or you have a pipe that's been clogged sometimes and the water does not flow through and, you know, it gathers all the stuff. There's water there and it sits there in your sink and it's not very appealing, you know. All the junk and the dirt is all congealed and collected there and doesn't flow through. And if you leave it for too long, it begins to stink. And then it begins to corrode all the, the, the sink around it because there's just no flow. See, unforgiveness is like that. When we stop up the flow of God's grace through and in our life, we're like a sink that's clogged. We clog up all the dirt and it begins to stink and it begins to corrode and it begins to affect our life in a negative way because there's no grace flowing through us into the lives of people around us. It just sits there and begins to corrode and reduce us in the image of Christ. See, so grace doesn't, fl- grace doesn't just flow to us, it flows through us. And so the question is, is how is your flow? How is the flow of your life? Is grace flowing through? Is forgiveness flowing through? Is love flowing through? Or is there a stoppage that's somewhere in our heart and in our life? You know, Jesus taught us how to pray. And this is the model prayer. It says this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And here's the important part. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others. Forgive us in the same way as we forgive others. Do we actually pray that? Think about this. Do we honestly pray that with true intention? 
God forgive me as I forgive my boss who I hate and despise and I hope drops dead tomorrow. God forgive me as I forgive my friend who gossip about me and, and you know said all kind of mean things and I hate her guts and I don't want to see her ever. I don't want to talk about her. Forgive me in the same way. Forgive me to my, as the same way as I forgive my annoying neighbor that comes out and harasses me and gets up early in the morning and starts mowing the lawn and disrupts my sleep and I just can't be stand him. I don't want to talk to him. Forgive me in the same way. Forgive me in the exact same pattern. We don't want that. No, forgive me in a better way than I would forgive them. Forgive me. And that's why the disciples said, Lord, increase my faith. So why does God want you to forgive? Well, there's, there's thousands of reasons why. There's many reasons why. But I want to just focus on one. Why does God ask us to forgive others when they don't deserve our forgiveness? And this is the main reason. God asks you to forgive because he loves you. That doesn't make sense. God asks you to forgive because he loves you. God asks you to forgive not so the other person can be healed. God asks you to forgive to heal you so you can be set free. I've heard it so many times said before that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person drops dead. See, forgiving may not set the person who betrayed you, or offended you, or did something to you free. But forgiveness will set you free. It might not change them, but it will transform you. So why would he ask us to forgive? Is because he loves us, and he doesn't want us to dwell in a place of pain, suffering, that will corrode and disrupt our life. And it's not easy, does it? It doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it's easy to forgive. And that's why the disciples said, increase our faith, Lord. And that's our prayer today, increase our faith. It's easier to hate. It's easier to, to say that, you know what, I wish bad on that person. It's easier to go around and plot for causing someone's harm. It's easy to rehearse things in our mind. I wish I could have said this, or I'm going to say that the next person, next time I see that person, I'm going to let them have it. I'm going to tell them. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. I'm going to just say what I need to say. That's easy. Easy is to walk in hatred. Easy is to despise. Easy is to let hatred consume us. That's easy. And when you do that, think about it this way. You're paying the price for that person living in your mind rent-free. Because you're consumed with them. They take up space in your life and in your mind. It's affecting your life. And you're allowing them to do it. It takes faith to forgive. It's not easy. I'm not, what I'm saying is not easy. I'm not telling you this is a piece of cake or it's easy to do. It's not easy. That is why it's a challenge. But we need faith to forgive. It's saying, Jesus, I trust you. I trust you that even though you're asking me to do something that is extremely hard, I trust that you love me and you're doing what's best for me. Faith enables me to see an opportunity for freedom where others see offenses. Faith 
helps me get to the place of freedom while hatred puts me in a place of confinement. A lot of times, some of us, we go through marriage problems, marriage difficulties. Some of us might have kids that hurt us and offend us. Some of us have friends that have betrayed us and let us down. It takes faith to forgive. And so the more we lean into this, the more we pray about this, the more we're going to come to this place of freedom. And so when we pray this, we're not asking how much forgiveness do they deserve. We're actually asking how much freedom do I desire. And that's a whole different thing. And so by faith, I choose to forgive. By faith, I choose to let it go. By faith, I choose to obey Jesus. By faith, I will follow Jesus. So Lord, increase my faith. What do you do when people turn against you, lie about you, betray you, say deceitful things? You're not going to say, well, just use me as a doormat. You don't have to lie down and take it. You don't have to play victim. You're not a prisoner to their desires and their hurt. You can choose to let it go. You can choose to forgive. Letting go is an act of faith. Letting go is an act that is not fair, but heals and restores you. It's the faith to be free. So get your joy back. Get your peace back. You don't have to be a victim. Choose to let it go. Forgiveness does not change your past. Forgiveness transforms your future. Forgiveness, again, is giving others what Jesus gave us. Forgiveness is not fair. Forgiveness is not forgetting but it's giving others what Jesus gave us. Let it go and let the peace of God flood our hearts. It's not easy, but the more you lean into it, the more you're going to do what Jesus asks us to do. Not from a selfish motive, but because it heals you and sets you free. Lord, I just want to pray for all of those right now that have been offended, that have been hurt, that have been betrayed, that have been lied upon, lied to, and have gone into a place of hurt, suffering, depression, and pain. Lord, I pray for all of them. You understand what was done to all of them was not right. It was not justified wasn't even good. But Lord, I pray for them right now that they may turn around and emulate you and forgive those that have hurt them. And Lord, I'm included in this just as much. Help me forgive those that have hurt me just as much as I'm praying for those that are listening, that you would help them forgive those that have hurt them. Help us together be like you've asked us to be. Help us 
come to this place of freedom and liberty. Help us come to this place where we are set free, where we are no longer prisoners, we are no longer victims, we are no longer confined in our minds, in our lives, in our futures, but we are set free to live in the freedom and liberty of what you've called us to. You love us so immensely. You love us so overwhelmingly. And it's your desire for us to live in freedom and liberty. And that begins by extending forgiveness to those that have brutally hurt us, betrayed us, talked about us, lied about us, did all manner of offensive things. It was not right. But Lord, we choose now to pray increase our faith so we may be set free and live in freedom and joy and in peace. We thank you right now. We honor you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.